content provided in this podcast is for general information purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect that of the Mississauga Board of Trade. Peel Region has confirmed its first case of the Omicron variant. There are new travel restrictions and Ontario is accelerating booster eligibility to adults age 50 and over. To bring us up to speed with the details on these stories and more is Brad Butt. Brad is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Government Relations for the Mississauga Board of Trade. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, David. So, Brad, this Omicron uh, virus, uh, which <clears throat> you know people have said it started in South Africa. Others have said, no, that's not correct. It actually started in Europe. You know, he said, she said, finger pointing all the way around. The uh, unfortunate part is we found some in uh, in Peel region. So, um, how many cases do we have here in Peel, and um, and what have you heard about the uh, the veracity of this particular virus? Well, as of Wednesday, Peel region is now reporting three confirmed cases of the Omicron um, um, variant uh, in the region. Um, so not not a huge um, uh, issue at the moment. Um, and all three of those are linked back to direct travel from um, African south southern African countries. So, where they're going to be start to get concerned is when it starts to be community spread. Um, if they can link it directly back to people who have recently traveled back from those parts of, of the world where they believe this this variant uh, started, that's one thing. But when they start to see community transmission, uh, that's when, you know, our medical officer, health doctor, Lowe and others will really start to get concerned. And at this stage, it looks as if that hasn't been in any way, shape, or form, the situation. Uh, people have managed to isolate quickly uh, and, uh, and and get this to some degree dealt with at, at this stage. But there still is concern. I mean, there is definitely concern among uh, the, the Ontario Medical Officer of Health and the Science Roundtable and others um, that are worried about the, the Omicron uh, variant and, and what it potentially could do, especially as we get into the Christmas holidays and people are gathering. Well, we also are, you know, as we approach on the Christmas holidays, we think about traveling. January comes up. People are thinking about vacations, getting away in January, February to some place that is a, a little bit more hospitable than our, um, you know, our Canadian winters. And, uh, and of course, that brings up the topic of travel restrictions. Where can we go? Where can we not go? Uh, what do we have to do to get back into Canada? We've seen and heard about all kinds of um, you know, uh, stories at the airport. Uh, so set it straight now, Brad. Um, where are the travel restrictions? Can we still go freely back and forth between the United States? And uh, where, are the res- where are the travel restrictions uh, occurring? Yes, you you definitely can travel back and forth from the United States. Uh, uh, in some cases, it could be the U.S. Uh, authorities that are are requiring that you uh, you know you show a PCR test or take a PCR test, um, you know, to prove that uh, that you're negative. Um, same with Canada. If you're coming back into Canada, you know, having that 72-hour test 
ahead of your travel back is still in force and effect from 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 uh, the United States. But uh, where it, it is more challenging, obviously, right now, as an example, would be African countries, because, of course, that travel has been completely banned. Um, so uh, if they're the 10 or 12 countries that Canada's identified, they're 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 you, you know, you're not permitted um a, to travel there or, or to travel back. And if you do travel back, because you, you were already there before this breakout, you know, you're going to have to go into the quarantine uh, facilities, which uh, are getting mixed uh, reviews uh, from those folks who have already had to go into the quarantine hotels. Um, it is, a, you know, it, it's, a, it's a massive inconvenience for people, even those who have routinely tested negative. And uh, it's it's certainly going to continue until... The view is that they have this uh, new variant uh, under control. So um, those people planning on travel, I feel terrible for the travel uh, industry because I bet there are people canceling left, right and center uh, trips that they were planning on taking in January, February and and March. And it's going to be a big hit for the travel sector yet again. Yeah, they you know they 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 just can't seem to catch a break uh, over the last twenty months. Just seems when we're when we just seem to be opening up. I know uh, you know the cruise lines are are booked solid, uh, and uh, who knows what's going to happen now? Of course, well if we draw comparisons to the uh, you know to the Black Plague, uh, which was in the early nineteen hundreds, they had four waves in that one, and hopefully we'll only have. Or, you know, we're through the last wave here, and uh, and we'll be on the road to uh, recovery. Good news on the on the number of vaccinations. We have ninety percent of our uh, population in Canada have at least had one vaccination, and we're closing in on eighty percent with two vaccinations. So that's uh, that's good news. And, uh, and even better, and numbers are even better in Peel Region. Peel Region is inching very very close to um, uh, fully vaxxed or two two vaccinations for 90% of the population, 12 plus. So that's great. I mean, Peel Region, everybody in your listening audience today, if they live in the region of Peel, pat yourselves on the back because yes. we have one of the highest rates of double vax of any community in the country. And, and you know, while, we, while we, we talk about that, we need to remind people, it doesn't mean that you are not going to be affected by the coronavirus or COVID-19. It just means that your, uh, you know, your, your chances of survival are, are very, very good and even uh, maybe not even being hospitalized. So that takes Well, pressure. keeping people out of hospitals, that's the key thing because that's if huge. our hospitalization numbers go up, if the ICUs are strained again like they were uh, in the third wave, um, governments will have to lock down again. And that is what they're trying to avoid is having to do the lockdown. And while we're on the vaccinations, we've got uh, great news for the uh, our younger Canadians. Vaccines are available for those in the 5 to 11 range. So how is that one going out? I mean, we've had we've had controversy over vaccines for for children. You know, we virtually wiped polio out from uh, uh, you know, globally. And because people didn't want to get vaccinated or didn't want to have their children vaccinated, we've seen polio creep back in. So what's the uptake on the vaccines for our youngest Canadians? Well, the rollout as far as Peel Region is concerned for vaccinations for 
uh, children 5 to 11 uh, has been great and continues to roll out. And it looks like people are literally, you know, lining their children up to to get the vaccination. So that is great news. Obviously, um, if we can uh, get uh, uh, the two doses in those uh, that age group uh, by uh, sort of by the end of uh, January, uh, kids go back to school, obviously, after the Christmas New Year break and they'll be back in. And if we can get the vast majority of those uh, children vaccinated uh, with uh, with two doses, um, that will make a huge impact uh, in uh, in stopping the spread of uh, covid uh, going forward. So I would just encourage everybody listening today, if you have a child in that age category, please register, go out and, uh, and get that vaccination uh, for your, for your child. They're making it very child friendly. They're making it fun and interesting. Um, so no excuse uh, not to get there and, uh, and let's get these children uh, properly protected. And at the other end of the scale, for the 50-plus crowd, uh, you know, into the seniors range, I know a lot of people don't think about themselves in that age category when they get 50-plus. Well, kind 50 of like plus. people like you, you mean, Dave, yeah, people well, like no. you. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have a problem with it, with me. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, well beyond, I'm well beyond the uh, the 50 uh, range. Um, but uh, we've got uh, good news uh, in that front, 50 uh, people that are 50, 50 years old and older are available for a booster shot. Pfizer had some really great news from um, uh, trials that they announced uh, with uh, with their yeah. booster shot and the Omicron virus. So um, what's the uptake on the 50 plus? Are there any restrictions at the moment for people that are in that age group? No, to the best of my knowledge, there aren't any um, restrictions. I, I think the only issue uh, is, uh, as I understand it, is people are... Uh, able to kind of request which one they want. And even though the medical officers of health say there's no difference between Pfizer and Moderna for the booster shot, it seems as if um, the only hesitancy would be, and I've talked to a couple of people who told me this already, that when they went to book their appointment, it was Moderna and they wanted Pfizer or it was Pfizer and they wanted Moderna. And, and they didn't want to book the appointment. So that needs to be clarified a little bit. I think it would be better if we had some better guidance from them, from our health uh, experts around around that, because I think there is some confusion. Um, you should take what's available. Uh, they're both mRNA vaccinations, uh, both Moderna and Pfizer. So the same same ingredients basically are in are in both but i guess there's a little hesitancy there which is unfortunate but no absolutely no excuse if you're 50 plus go get your uh, go get your booster after six months after you had your second shot so for me it'll be in january by the 15th or so of january i'll be eligible because i'm over 50 and uh, i plan to get it so are they doing the old guys first? I guess I get to go before you then, because I'm uh, slightly well, older they, than you are. <laughs> they, they started with 70 plus, so that wouldn't be you or not, I. Not yet. But then they then they put it down 50 plus, so that, that does put you and me in the category. Now, um, uh, we're turning our attention to uh, a couple of local issues. Um, Mississauga has extended the outdoor patio uh, for businesses through to 2023. Now, what effect does this really have now, Brad? I mean, we have, um, you know, we, we have full capacity in restaurants at the moment. So why is this important for businesses? 
Well, I think it's important because there's actually some businesses that that uh, have made uh, you, you have made outdoor business, outdoor dining, kind of part of the part of the staple. So, if they can have tents and if they can increase their capacity, and maybe in in the winter have heaters and other stuff. I mean, it, there's actually some interest by by some customers in in that kind of an experience. So that would be the first thing. But the second thing is even if they're not using them in the winter, it's giving those businesses that did spend some money and effort to kind of build a patio or extend into um, city property, let's say as an example, out to the sidewalk or out to the boulevard, um, it gives them some permanency now that they can keep that uh, patio. I know of two restaurants that I can think of in Street Slow where I live where they never had patios at all. But now because of this bylaw, they were allowed to establish outdoor patios in front of those two restaurants on the sidewalk of the plaza in which they're located and now obviously that's going to be extended through till 2023 the next push will be like they did in toronto with the cafe to project is to make it permanent and that would be outstanding if city council does decide to make it permanent because these restaurants that never had patios before because of how where they were located will now have them and hopefully they'll have them permanently it's 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 great news for those restaurants well, I'm not sure about outdoor dining in January and February. I don't know they could put enough heaters out there to keep it comfortable. But you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I've seen some of these patios in Mississauga. They're pretty impressive with these outdoor furnaces and right. and everything else. And they've got plexiglass up around, so the wind is not really a factor. But you are technically outside, and uh, they're actually not that bad. Well, maybe if we can get some nice fireplaces going, that would be, uh, you know, being able to sit around the fireplace. That would be kind of nice and unique, uh, certainly all year round. Um, Peel and Mississauga uh, set their budgets. Uh, I know that the Mississauga Board of Trade is uh, extremely involved with with consultations with uh, the region and with the city uh, prior to the setting of budgets. I know that you invite both of them to... uh, uh, to your uh, committee meetings, um, and uh, and if it if it did have any effect, I think it it or it, it must have had an effect because we saw some uh, a very reasonable uh, tax hike. So tell us about it. Yeah, listen, we've been very fortunate at the Mississauga Board of Trade that for a number of years now, both the City of Mississauga and Region of Peel finance staff uh, attend our Policy and Government Affairs Committee, and they they present the draft budget to us for our feedback and comments before the two councils actually approve their budget. So, So that's great. The business community has a voice in this, offers ideas and suggestions, and, uh, yeah, that, that's been going on. And this year, or for 2022 tax year, um, both the city of Mississauga and Region Appeal levels of government have finalized their budgets. And it looks like a blended uh, property tax increase for the industrial commercial property tax class, which is most of the businesses uh, in Mississauga, of 1% for 2022. And when you think of everything these governments have gone through, all the revenue loss and, and increased expenditures as a result, of COVID uh, over the last year to only have a 1% property tax increase for our sector uh, in 2022 is 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 truly amazing, I, I would say. On the federal uh, level as f- with respect to uh, some human, re- human resource issues, 
federally, uh, there's some paid sick days uh, now available for federally regulated uh, companies. So um, how many days are our employers supposed to give their their people now? And is it is it for everybody or is it just the uh, federal government? Well, with the passage of, of C3, which we expect to be passed before the House of Commons adjourns for its uh, winter winter break, um, the bill has to go to the Senate, but the Senate probably will rubber stamp that and it'll be, it'll be the law. Um, federally regulated uh, businesses will be required to provide 10 paid sick days per year for their employees, paid for by the employer, um, that is what's in the legislation, and that will be the requirement. And so if you're, uh, if you're a business that's regulated at the federal level, like airlines and, uh, uh, you know, C- you think of CN Rail and you think of the airport and you think of uh, telecommunications and banks, um, if they weren't doing it before, they will be required uh, to do it now. One of the other issues that we have to be mindful of is although that doesn't affect about 90% of the businesses which are regulated at the provincial level of government, when the feds do something like this and set the tone, it's not often too far behind that the provinces uh, will tend to step up to the plate. So there could be quite a bit of discussion in the new year about what Ontario winds up doing, given the fact the federal government has mandated it in legislation whether the province winds up following suit. So I guess the, the the best case or worst case scenario, depending on whether you're an employer or an employee, could be mandated 10 paid sick days in Ontario uh, in the not-so-distant future. Well, Minister uh, Monty McNaughton has uh, put forward a number of things in the provincial legislature, and we've had some conversation with Jonathan Borelli labor lawyer with Kaiser Mason Ball on those. But the final one uh, that uh, is really interesting, and we're almost up against the uh, the deadline here, but the COVID support programs uh, that Minister Freeland has put forward, she's running into some opposition from, of course, the opposition. They want their stuff in there, especially uh, since they're going to need some support from either the bloc or from the NDP. So what has Minister Freeland got in mind for us? Well, under Bill C-2, which is the extension of the COVID uh, benefits uh, for uh, businesses and and for workers um, and for for sick leave, um, it it, it really has been geared to the so-called hardest hit sectors of the economy. The new rules are are quite quite a bit tighter than the old programs were which means eligibility is going to be a real concern. I'm already I'm already hearing from the hospitality sector and others about their concerns that they may not qualify because the rules are much tighter under these new programs uh, than they were under the old uh, emergency response benefit, the old wage subsidy program and the rent subsidy program. So um, a lot of businesses are going to be scurrying to find out if they actually qualify for support under these programs, whether that was deliberate by the federal government or not, um, I guess time will tell, but the opposition parties are already raising concern that very, very few businesses and individuals are going to wind up qualifying for these new benefits. 
And that's all the time we have. A bit in conversation with Brad Butt. Brad is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Government Relations for the Mississauga Board of Trade. Brad, thanks for being with us. Thanks, David.